Grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Da Silva. Hello, Chit Chatters. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I am your host, Melissa Da Silva. Are you looking for an experience that's going to be life-changing? If so, you should head over to my website, melissadasilva.com, and hit the Retreats tab and sign up for one of my retreats here in Puerto Rico. These retreats are life-changing. They give you the space and time to really reflect on where you've been and where you want to go, and you have an amazing coach to help you get you to those goals that you really want to achieve. So if you are interested in joining me here in Puerto Rico, make sure you go over to melissadasilva.com. So when I was in college, I had to watch this short movie in English class. It looked like an old VHS movie. It was kind of scratchy, had a weird sound, the colors were dull. And it took place in this colonial period. And as you watch, you notice that everybody in the film is like excited and yet nervous at the same time. Everybody's kind of like grabbing rocks. Some people are excited about a big rock. Some people are just gathering rocks just because they know they have to gather them. Everybody comes together in the center of the town and a name is pulled out of a box. And this is the lottery box. And the person whose name gets pulled out of this box gets to receive the annual stoning. Now, this is interesting because everybody knows that somebody's going to die on this day, but they've been doing it for so long that it's just kind of second nature. So they even have a moment where someone were saying like, oh, I hope we can just get this over with so I can get back to, you know, my crops and stuff like that. And one point, somebody asked an elder, like, why do we do this? And the only answer that you really get is that they've been doing it for so long. It's just tradition. They go along, they throw rocks, and that one person that's been pulled from the lottery dies. And then everybody goes out and continues on with their life as usual until next year. This movie stuck in my brain for many reasons, and it does come up when I think about a lot of different things that we tend to do in everyday life or even as society, that we just continue to do these things because they've been told to us to do and we just follow along. And I'm pretty sure that Mockingjay probably was created from this short film because this is a short story that was written in 1948. It kind of has the same feel to it. But I think about this often, this movie because it does reflect a lot of what we still do today. And it came to mind when I was talking to my guest today. And we talk about anti-bullying and the way that we have been told to do these anti-bullying programs are not actually working. And we are seeing that they're not working, but we continue to do it over and over again because it's just almost like a tradition now that we've been told to do this. So I talk about this and about the program that my guest Nancy Willard is putting together that has shown by research that actually works with anti-bullying. So I hope that you are encouraged to look up her program and maybe bring it into the schools that you are connected with. So enjoy my interview with Nancy Willard. Well, hello, Chit Chatters. Thank you for joining me today. I have another amazing guest. And today my guest is Nancy Willard. Nancy is an author and also you're a teacher of how to not be a bully and how to be resilient against bullying. Is that correct? 
Yes. And especially how to step in if you see somebody else being hurtful. Yes. And I think that is the the key that a lot of us don't get. We don't get a lot of that, what to do when you're seeing yes. it, because there's like this fear, because we're not taught that part a lot of the time. So what brought you to doing this type of work? Okay. Not all who wander are lost. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although we may appear to be stuff from time to time. So I grew up in Southeast Idaho, community that's about 85% Mormon when I was at the time, and we weren't. My father was a crazy food inventor of potatoes, <laughs> Idaho. And my mom was one of two women in her graduating class in chemical engineering back in Philadelphia, where we were from. And she was a little frustrated in Southeast Idaho. So when I was in junior high, she got into promoting the Equal Rights Amendment and sex education in schools. So we became the Weirdo Willards. Oh, no. I come by my knowledge of being old. Quite naturally. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so fast forward, I got degrees in elementary education, special education, working with kids with emotional challenges, taught those kids, burnt out, went to law school, ended up working with creative people, including those in computers. And then the internet came into schools. Uh, I'm Hmm. really old. (laughs) And there was a need for somebody who understood technology legal issues, and kids who are at risk. And so I shifted over to digital safety issues and actually became an internationally recognized authority on those, given I've presented in Australia and Italy and places like that. My book on cyber published in the world, there's a donkey beat Mm -hmm. behind me, beautiful metal sculpture of a donkey. I also have donkeys and I have owned horses. I have goats. And there's something that we, those of us who have livestock understand, and that is that there is a, there are social rankings within any herd. You've got your alpha Junebug is my alpha donkey, and you've got your lower donkeys. So whenever you introduce a new animal into the herd, there's always jostling to figure out who who's going to be boss. And then also, this is related to puberty. I have a friend who's got sheep. She has three bucks, male sheep, together. When they were babies, they played along great. And then they reached puberty and they got into these big battles about who was going to be alpha. And as soon as they sorted that out, now they get along just fine. Okay. Unless there's a, um, a doe who comes by you who comes by anyway. And everything goes out the window. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway. So what people are told about bullying, what educators are told about bullying is that those who bully are the at-risk youth who have significant challenges in other areas and they're going to end up in prison and stuff like that. Well, there are kids in school who are like that, who bully, but that's not the primary source of bullying. Bullying is for the purpose of achieving dominance. Mm. And that's why it gets worse uh, when you change schools, because that's when you're, you've got new 
animals coming into a new herd, new pasture, they're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to go after each other to establish social rankings. So sixth grade, when they come into middle school, ninth grade, when they come into high school, and then as puberty kicks in, because then we've got the issues of who can date whom. Mm-hmm. So that was not available or that insight simply wasn't present in the bullying prevention literature when I wrote my book on um, cyberbullying. It finally got incorporated. There is research on this and it finally got incorporated into a national publication by the National Research Council, but that came out in 2018. Oh. So all of the thinking and approaches for dealing with bullying were created with this misunderstanding of the essential nature of bullying, which is the purpose of bullying is to achieve social dominance and to put down those who are different, Mm -hmm. who you can cast as being deviant, okay? Mm -hmm. Putting down the weak. So the whole approach that schools have been told to address bullying is absolutely ridiculous. You make rules against bullying, you supervise, you tell students to report, you investigate, and then you punish anyone who was hurtful. Well, translate that to digital. Mm. Schools aren't making the rules for sites or apps. Adults aren't present. Young people, absolutely, even even less frequently than if it's in person, are telling because they know darn well adults are going to overreact and make matters worse. Principals frequently have significant challenges investigating. If they do figure out who engaged in wrongdoing and punish that person, you've got uncontrollable digital retaliation. Yes. So basically, mm-hmm. the entire approach wasn't going to work in digital. But then when I started looking at what's happening in the real world in, in person, it's also not working there. Mm-hmm. Now, President Obama, to his great credit, when he came in office, he set up a federal partnership for bullying prevention, brought everybody together, had a bunch of summits. This was in 2010. Mm -hmm. If we look at a survey, it's by the Center for Disease Control, Youth Risk Behavior Survey, there's been no decline at the rate at which young people report bullying over the last decade, since 2009 is when they started asking this question. So, you know, this is sort of Einstein's definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expect different results. So... And I remember because I was in a school social worker for many years. Uh And I mean, bullying, it was like no tolerance for bullying. And it would just come into this huge, huge ordeal, especially with the online stuff. It's like we're spending half our school day trying to figure out this online stuff. And nothing is changing. The bullying isn't decreasing. We're getting, you know, retaliation stuff. So it's very interesting that, you know, we've put all this time and effort into it and there hasn't been a decrease. So I want to tell you something really fascinating and incredibly scary. Oh boy. What's fascinating is that this year, when most students are in remote learning, Mm -hmm. the bullying has gone away. Really? Yeah. Wow. And and 
there's not that much cyberbullying either. Hmm. I had a reporter contact me because she wants to do a story on the horrors of cyberbullying. And I said, I don't think so. She hasn't gotten back. But I, I, I posted a, a query on a Facebook group with a lot of progressive educators. And I said, hey, what are you seeing? And the vast majority, there were two exceptions, said that both bullying, because they aren't in person, so they're not bullying each other in person, but also cyberbullying has essentially disappeared. And I've also, because I'm in a state group that's focusing on safe return, what I'm hearing from parents and teachers is that the, the young people who normally experience bullying and are anxious and have challenges in school are loving remote learning because the bullying's gone away. What is it like people are probably thinking like, oh, the kids are online all the time. Why is it the opposite? Because cyberbullying. Okay, so they're not in the same pasture. Oh, okay. Hey, that's why I started with my donkeys. They're not in the same pasture. So they are not engaged in this ongoing being hurtful to establish social dominance. And because the in-person activities essentially can't take place, what we're learning or what we can take from this is that the cyberbullying is related to the in-person hurtful activities and the in-person actions to achieve dominance. Interesting. Isn't wow. It? Have you seen either an increase or a decrease in suicide in adolescence during um, this pandemic? It's remained constant. I think we're going to find a decrease mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. And I will tell you why. The research on suicide and the school calendar demonstrates that youth suicide increases when kids come back to school. Mm. Okay. Remember I said, this is really interesting news and scary. Yes. Yes. What's Mm going to happen next fall? Yeah. When we all come back together. Uh Uh-huh. And not only are we all coming back together, we're coming back together after, well, four years of an administration that was going between the dominant white culture and everybody else who doesn't count the mm-hmm. last year and the la- uh, you know being the most significant of this kind of dynamics within our society and we've got young people coming back into school and further like i said 6th grade and ninth grade are the school years when there's a lot of jostling around and hurtful behavior to achieve social rankings, Mm -hmm. that didn't occur. Mm. So next year, we're going to have the sixth graders and seventh graders. Oh, no. Ninth graders and 10th graders who all have not had this experience within the pasture in the herd to achieve, to figure out, to sort out their social rankings. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at, oh my God. And and add to that, that what schools have been doing over the last decade hasn't been working. 
Yeah. So what do you suggest? Like, what can the parents do to prepare for this or teachers? Okay. We've got to help kids achieve greater resilience and empowerment and kindness. Now, we have to understand, especially within humans, but also in some animal groups, there are kids who achieve dominance or leadership positions through being hurtful. And there are those who become kind, compassionate leaders. Uh, You can look at this in the business literature. They're the dominance leaders and they call them the prestige leaders. I don't like that term, Mm. but they are the, the prestige leaders are the ones who work on building teamwork their companies, the the employees all get along. There's no rat race to who's going to uh, prove themselves to the boss. And oh, by the way, those bosses live longer. The dominance folks, they they actually pass away at, at a younger age. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So um, within schools, the adults don't have the ability to control this. Mm-hmm. We can be influencers by the side, but we really have to get over the idea that we're in that we're in charge and can control this. What we've got to do is really find ways to empower those kind and compassionate leaders within every social group. Mm-hmm. So the social groupings, that's normal. And we're gonna have different social, you're gonna have the the creatives over here and the jocks over there and the debaters over here and, and the, the drama people, you know, that's normal and that's going to occur. But within each of those social groups, you've got the kind, you've, what you've got to do is find the kind and compassionate leaders and get them in to working together to foster kindness within the school. So even if maybe there's a student that is the leader, but is kind of rough around the edges. Do you think that that is uh, still a child that you might want to reach out to and work on? Yeah, being what kind? we want to try to do, yeah, what we want to try to do is get the ones who are rough around the edges onto and try to link them into these environments where where they basically learn that the best way to become a leader is by being kind and compassionate and focusing on teamwork and, and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. yes, I, I firmly believe that we can shift from this dominance paradigm to a collaboration teamwork paradigm. And so mm-hmm. that's the idea is but you identify the young people who are already on that path, mm-hmm. then try to bring along the others. Because I was a bully victim. Um, Mm -hmm. And what young people who are being bullied need is to know how to become resilient and empowered in the Mm -hmm. face of bullying. If you're different, and I was different, Mm -hmm. if you're different, you're going to be bullied. Mm -hmm. You're going to have people treat you badly. So what Mm -hmm. we need to help young people who are different figure out is how to be strong and empowered, even though, not even though, because they're different, they're wonderful, Mm -hmm. strong and empowered, and know how to respond effectively. So I wrote this book and a publisher right before the pandemic, (laughs) Be Positively Powerful, A Guide for Teens on Achieving Resilience and Empowerment. And then after the pandemic struck, I wrote another one, 
which is for younger kids, which focuses on, now I've got seven strategies that are all grounded in research, science, positive psychology, trauma-informed practices for how to become resilient when things get tough and personally empowered. And so in my team book, I go through the seven strategies and then I show how to use them in situations where you're being bullied. So I'm going to- so those seven strategies are what? Okay. Number one, make positive connections. It's really important to have connections with a trusted adult, couple Mm -hmm. trusted adults, and that's outside your family. So in case you're having problems with your parents, um, you can go and talk to somebody who you trust and someone who isn't going to tell you what to do, but will help you figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. And making positive connections is also having good connections with friends. So Mm -hmm. having good friends and finding people with whom you have something in common that you're interested in, you're both interested in something that that kind of, we really like this is the basis of friendship. And does it matter what age those friends are? I mean, you have your trusted adult and then your friends. They friends, can be friends. Older. It can be any age friends. Okay. Friends. The second is reach out to be kind. There's actually research on this. They went into a couple classes and they, you know, the, the standard and who gets the special instructions. And they said, want you to reach out to be kind to somebody. I can't remember the frequency, but what they found was that the young people who consistently reached out to be kind to others, their level of peer acceptance went up. Mm. So if you are someone who's being bullied, If you have a child who's being bullied, a number one thing you do is say five times a day, reach out, find somebody who you can be kind to. And you can do trips to the store and say, how many people can we be kind to walking through the store? It it Mm. just really can strengthen peer acceptance. Use your strengths. I really like this program. It's the VIA Institute. Character Institute on Character, and they've got 24 character strengths. We all have different strengths. If you know yours and use your strengths, that increases your level of happiness. Focus on the good. This is gratitude. There's a mm-hmm. lot of science around just if you if you focus on the good things that are happening in your life, then that can help actually rewire your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've experienced trauma, it can help rewire your brain. Mm-hmm. And then the last three are kind of in a, in a sequence. If things get tough, what you really have to do is know how to remain calm. Mm. So to know how to remain calm requires practice in mindfulness so that you know how to get calm and then also figuring out what's going to trigger you and how to remain calm when something gets tough, Mm. which is, you know, it's like, okay, somebody just said something hurtful to me. Take a deep breath, calm myself because I don't want to read. You don't want to give away your power. Somebody's hurtful to you. You do not want to give away your power Mm -hmm. And the way you give away your power is by looking all upset. You Mm know, I'm going to stay calm. The next one is keep your personal power. This has two components. One of them is posture. Young people who are bullied frequently take a shrink down. Yeah. 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 Okay. Amy Cuddy did this great TED talk on this. If you stand tall, you 
feel more powerful just by standing tall creates the feeling of more personal power. And the other is basically realizing that we can't control what might happen to us. None of us could control this pandemic, but we can control how we feel about ourselves and respond. So if somebody's hurtful, you can say to yourself, I am going to choose not to let that person control how I feel about myself or respond, or what I'm going to do with this say, yes, that happened. Mm -hmm. Not going to get to me. There's mm -hmm. there's a shield between, there's a personal power shield. Yeah, it happened. You can do it. Nice. Not going to get to me. Yeah. And, and then the last uh, strategy is thinking things through. Being able to problem solve. Saying, okay, this is what's happened. And sometimes you have to problem solve real fast. I'm in a situation where somebody's being hurtful. I'm going to have to figure out how to get out of it. You know, mm -hmm. problem solve. Um, what are my choices? Which choice is going to work best? And then you execute that choice and, and then you evaluate whether or not it was effective. So those seven strategies you know, even though this is a book for children, those strategies work just as well for adults. The book for teens would mm. actually work really well in a workplace environment. Mm. Now, what if you are somebody that's a bystander? What do you do? Okay. If you're in an immediate situation and 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 someone is being treated badly, First of all, you take the time to remain calm. You you have to be calm and you have to stand tall. Okay. So we're those two steps. And then you have to think things through. The 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 strategy needs to be getting the person who's being treated badly out of the situation. And okay. a one way to do that, even if you don't know somebody, is to simply go up to them and say, hi, it's been great. I haven't seen you for a while. Let's go talk about something and just help them get away. Mm -hmm. So just that totally ignore the person mm -hmm. being hurtful. Do not try to challenge somebody who's being hurtful. It's not the time or place. There was an incident. I live in Oregon. There was an incident in Portland where a guy was was being hurtful to some teen girls on a bus and some other men tried to step in and they got killed. Oh okay. my gosh. Okay. Because they were trying to stop this, you know, and saying things to this hurtful person. You just simply get the person who's being targeted away by saying, hey, let's go look over here. And and that stepping in and 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 keeping your keeping yourself safe. And I think that through like TV shows and stuff like that, we've always seen like the hero coming in and be like, don't you bully my friend and put no, that person no, down. No, absolutely no. not. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. It is you, you don't, the person who's being hurtful wants attention. Mm -hmm. If you come in and give that person attention, that's exactly what they want. Yes. You, you want to ignore that person and get the one who's being challenged and, and treated badly to safety and then supporting that person and figuring out what else may need to be done. I mean, it may be this needs to be reported. 
It may be you just take a deep breath and things will be okay. You know, mm-hmm. there, there are all these different things that might be a good idea. And I think that's interesting because I know when I was in the school, it was like, oh, somebody's being bullied, report it, report it, report it. And then I know the adults were just starting to get burnt out. Like, okay, this is bullying. Is it teasing? Is it natural? Is it unnatural? Like, what are we supposed to do? And everybody just got really like burnt out on the bullying stuff too. And I think the stuff that was really needed to be reported wasn't taken as seriously sometimes because of that. Yeah. The research was a great research study, Youth Voice Project, where they interviewed, uh, where they surveyed a lot of, of young people. And I also did a similar study and found exactly the same. Uh, roughly two thirds of secondary students will not reach out for help at school. Mm. The one third who do, if they're asked, will say that things got better a third of the time, stayed the same a third of the time, and got worse a third of the time. So Mm -hmm. if you calculate that out, I never was very good at math, but I can (laughs) do that calculation. The way schools are handling things with the tell an adult will help you is effective about 10% of the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that's that's why when I said that the approach the schools are using, which is tell an adult will we'll fix it mm-hmm. for you, isn't working. So what we've got to do within schools is implement approaches using kind and compassionate student leaders mm-hmm. to focus on kindness and stepping in to help and help those who are more frequently treated badly become stronger and kinder. You know, if they reach out to be kind, that can help them. And then we also have to work on restorative ways that those young people who are hurtful can take steps to remedy the harm. Mm, that's very um, important. Yeah. yeah. I have a whole chapter in my teen book, Stop, Own It, and Fix It. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you've made a mistake, if you've been hurtful, then what you need to do is figure out what your motivation was and how mm-hmm. that motivation fits with the kind of person you actually want to see yourself being. Mm-hmm. And then acknowledge wrongdoing. We all mm-hmm. make mistakes. We all have been hurtful from time to time, but acknowledge that and take steps to make things right Mm -hmm. to both the person who you were hurt and and possibly also the community. And so that strategy also then when used by teachers or principals, if if it's elevated to that level, it can help. Now we've got to watch out for and not get the forced apology. Oh yes. Fake apology. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunately what's happening with a lot of the, what's called restorative practices in Mm -hmm. school. Uh, The, you know, we don't want the forced fake apology. What we want is an acknowledgement of wrongdoing Mm -hmm. that leads to actions taken to remedy the harm. So important for every child and adolescent to learn is how to restore relationships because we're just so used to just like cutting people off. Like I'm upset and we're done. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this information. It's like, I am just looking at bullying in a whole different light. And I'm sure that everybody else listening to this is too. And it's makes so much sense. I mean, we do a lot of things just from evolution and being animals and this makes sense too. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, this is, you put, when I put hay in for my donkeys, June bug, my alpha donkey puts her ears back, hunches down, and everybody moves away from her because they know if they don't, she's gonna they're, they're gonna get kicked. That's the same thing that mm-hmm. happens in the hallways, yeah, with the students who have established that. And and my two little ones who are at the lowest end, they stay back until they can see where it's safe to go in. This is ethological based behavior, mm-hmm. fortunately. Humans have that ability to be the kind and compassionate leader mm-hmm. in addition to that dominance behavior. And that's that's what we need to mm-hmm. encourage and awesome. support. And now where can people find your books? My books are on Amazon. I also have a website, bepositivelypowerful.com. And that's where I have those books. And can and- people follow you on social media? Yeah, I'm not I'm not really really active on social media. I I I'm not doing Twitter. No, <laughs> I don't understand Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> like anyway, I also have um one other book just in case you're interested. It's The Way of the Donkey. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Is that Junebug on the front? Um no, that's actually Dante. Here's here's Junebug right there. Oh my gosh, with a hat on. That is so yes. cute. <laughs> yes. And uh this is uh Sweet Pea. Anyway, so um Oh wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yes. Well, thank you so much. And I'm thinking a lot of people are getting a lot of information from this episode and you know, I just really appreciate you taking the time to share all your knowledge with us. Great. Thank you so much thank for you. having me. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, thank you so much, Chit Chatters, for listening to my interview today. I hope all of you are thinking about the way we approach not just anti-bullying, but other things that we do every day, every year, just because it's tradition or because somebody tells us that we're supposed to do it that way, even if there's no evidence that there's a reason for doing it. But again, if you haven't done so already... You can show your love for this podcast by subscribing on iTunes or leaving a lovely message about how much you enjoy uh, listening to myself and my guest every week. So until next time, keep being amazing and keep loving each other. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.